Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Lucy Hebbins, the Marketing Director and Board Member of Wealth Dynamics. Wealth Dynamics builds client lifecycle management solutions for wealth and asset managers and private banks. Lucy is also co-founder of Red Tech Women, a not-for-profit association formed to support and enhance the vital role that women play in the industry's success. And for all the wonderful work she does, she is widely recognised, regularly featuring in the Planet Compliance Top 50 Red Tech Influencers list, the Kurtosis 100 Women in Finance Power list, and has been included in the 2017, 2019 and 2020 Innovate finance women in fintech power lists. She was also listed as standout 35 for 2019. Welcome Lucy, it's great to have you here with us today. It would be brilliant if you could up, but open up by telling us um, a little bit more about your career journey and lessons that you have learned along the way. Yep, sure. So um, I've, uh, I've been in the fintech industry for just over 20 years now, always uh, on the tech side, work for technology um, vendors. I have a few different hats that I wear, like you mentioned in the um, introduction. So um, by day, I am marketing director and I sit on the board for technology provider to the wealth management industry called Wealth Dynamics. And then by night, I always sound like a bit of a superhero when I say that tonight. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Um, by night, I am. <laughs> uh, so uh, in my spare time as a voluntary role, I am co-founder of an association called RegTech Women, um, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. And then I am also on the advisory board for an association called FinTech B2B Marketing. So um, I'm, a, I'm a total geek. I absolutely love technology. Um, I started off my career in, in IT. So although marketing is actually my profession now, I've always had a, a real strong passion for how um, how technology is solving challenges in the industry. And then about five years ago, I joined um, a tech firm that was solving compliance challenges um, around digital communications and engagement for banks. And this is where I was very first introduced to, to RegTech. And I have this real strong interest for how technology is introduced into environments where it existed very little. So this whole world of compliance very quickly became kind of quite a bit of an enigma having seen the kind of fast adoption of innovative fintech on the retail banking side, because I started off on more on retail banking, launching products around mobile banking and P2P payments, 
I just couldn't understand why compliance teams were so, you know, attached to Excel spreadsheets and manual paper-based processes and why they weren't leveraging all of that really fantastic technology that is available to them. You know, so whereas on the retail banking side, we were always kind of chasing the next big thing and trying to build what's around the corner um, in reg tech and wealth tech actually as well it's more a case of the tech being there ready to use it's just the adoption that needs a little bit of work and you know especially where the stakes are so high with you know huge fines for non-compliance that run into the millions and this huge reputational damage then you know it's even more even more rewarding I suppose for them lesson learned along the way really great question (laughs) there's so many gosh right from the importance of setting goals to learn to accept and love yourself and like you know you you we've talked about this before but you know understanding kind of how to navigate the world of you know fintech as a a woman and knowing when to lean in and etc yeah absolutely lean in lean out um all of that sort of stuff i totally agree um so tell us a bit more about what excites you so much about regtech um and how do you feel about being a woman in the industry i know you've, you've just mentioned that there but it'd be good to hear yeah. more yeah i mean like i said for me this this reg tech passion is really it is tech based it is my my inner geek and you know it's really that love of how technology is solving challenges and making people's lives easier and that passion is made even stronger i suppose when there's like this um hesitancy or reservation around the adoption of tech uh, you know i think that's obviously what's driving kind of the you know the marketing side to me i suppose it um, you know it's embracing that challenge of changing their mind but yeah how do i feel about being a woman in the industry it's a a good question and to be honest you probably get a different a different answer on different days <laughs> you ask me I think I'll answer by by talking about how I got involved in in reg tech women which was mainly two things actually so one of them was a real build-up of personal experiences throughout my career in fintech. So unfortunately, I've suffered quite a lot of of gender-based discrimination on a number of occasions. You know, I started my career off, like I said, in IT in the 1990s. And, you know, it was a very male-dominated environment. And, you know, the senior members of staff used to tease. There was me and and one other woman and and the rest were were guys. And they just used to tease us all the time and, you know, tell us to go and, and... you know, solve people's problems or, you know, accompany our IT colleagues and the male colleagues because they needed a nice face to look at. And it was all these little kind of comments and yeah, just awful. But, you know, it was incidents like this that, that really continued kind of throughout my IT career and unfortunately drove me to move from IT into marketing in my early 20s. I thought that was sort of a better place for me. But even in marketing though, to be honest, it continued. You know, I'm a big networker. You know, I've always regularly attended industry conferences and during the coffee breaks I I remember like you know I would go up to join a conversation which I love doing and and I'd stand at the table and and um, you can imagine you know being in this industry obviously it's mostly males at these events and I felt the conversation would shift as soon as I joined you know this huge kind of lack of respect for you know for my experience and this assumption that I was a young 20 year old something that kind of didn't have any experience or didn't know anything So, um, yeah, so through these experiences, I think I've always had a keen interest in gender diversity. But if I'm totally honest, I always found I got quite a negative response when I was talking about it because it was always like, you know, here's one of those women. And, you know, it's like if you want to be someone interested in gender diversity, you had to be going on marches and waving a big banner in the air and (laughs) so uh, yeah I think I think I'm probably ashamed to say that for the first part of it I stood really at the sideline and watched 
um, you know, as kind of the fintech industry became more male dominated. But, you know, I actually was quite lucky to have a couple of um, really, really sort of strong, influential women um, and bosses that that, um, really helped me to kind of understand about, you know, smashing the glass ceiling. And as I sort of got into my late 20s, really sort of mentored me um, and, and helped me understand, you know, how to act and and, and be a woman in this environment. And then in RegTech itself, I think, you know, about four years ago, I think it was, I met my wonderful co-founder, Sean Lewin, who is just an absolute amazing, amazing woman. Um, and we actually met initially through social media and then and then frequently saw each other at RegTech events. And then one day Sean said to me, I'm just sick of seeing all these men on panels all the time <laughs> and reading all these negative stats and, you know, having emails. And does anyone know any women that can be on a panel because can't find any you know we know a huge amount of amazing reg tech, uh, women that work in reg tech both on compliance and the tech side so we just knew we needed to do something about it and, and give them a voice and that's when reg tech women was founded what a brilliant story and i think that makes so much sense because unfortunately those emails still go out you know like oh goodness yeah reached out to and I'm sure I'm sure you do um but I think what what's so brilliant to hear is that you know you both identified a problem and you're solving it and you're solving it day in day out with all the work that you do for reg tech women so I think the, the relevant question I need to be asking is how do people get involved yeah yeah oh absolutely we we need people we need everybody to to come together to make these things happen so we invite people to become members so becoming a member it costs um 50 pounds a year um and as a not-for-profit this is really Really just covering operational costs mm. and enable us to you know to keep reg tech women running behind the scenes so with that you get a number of benefits that are exclusive to paid members like mentoring member only events we actually just held one today um, which was around um, adding a, an NED a non-executive director role to your CV um, had some great speakers and then if you don't want to become a paid member you can still add a huge amount of value and support us by following us on social media or we run a number of free events, um, you know, at least a couple of weeks. So make sure that you share them with your network and and help us to grow visibility and, you know, to get the, get the word out. But um, finally, though, we, you know, we are run by volunteers. We've all got, got day jobs that we do as well. So if anybody can spare any time to help out, then please get in touch. That would be great. Oh, and I think that's a brilliant thing to be saying because I, there's so many people out there that want to be more involved and they don't actually know what what's the best thing to do first. So it's great to hear yes. that, you know, you're happy to have a conversation about that. Throughout all of this, you've been talking about, you know, the lessons, the lessons that you've learned. And I know you know, how passionate you are um, about supporting women in this space. And I wondered if you could just share a few examples of that with us, because I know our audience would be really interested. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, for me, oh, it, yeah, it is certainly it's something that I am hugely, hugely passionate about, but it's about driving change. You know, we talked about this before, you know, there's lots of um, kind of talk, I suppose, around, mm. you know, the, the the benefits of having a more diverse an inclusive culture and, you know, but, but what can we do to drive change? And, you know, there's, you know, I've seen, I have seen a noticeable improvement um, over the years in gender diversity, but, you know, we've, we've still got a long way to go, but, you know, obviously it's nice to kind of call out the positives. We have seen some change. Um, You know, we've all seen the stats on how it kind of impacts performance, but, you know, I think it's, 
it's what's super important to me actually and this is a lesson that I've, I've learned recently um, I think too often diversity and inclusion are actually lumped together and you mentioned something quite interesting there where you said about you know even the little things that, that people can do and I think it's interesting or it's, it's important to understand the differences between the two so diversity is about recognizing difference and, and kind of acknowledging the benefit like we say of having this range of, of different perspectives that are involved in decision making and then inclusion is actually where people's differences are valued and then they're used to enable everyone to to do better and to thrive you know in in their in their jobs and um the way i've, I've heard it explained before i think i read it was diversity is where everyone's invited to the party mm. equity means everyone gets to contribute to a playlist and then inclusion means that everyone has the opportunity to dance Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're trying to do is, is really give everybody that kind of opportunity to dance. But um, yeah, I mean, sometimes we do see that negative side to diversity as well, which is where it becomes a bit of a, a kind of a numbers game. So I've heard, you know, horrific stories around women that have been invited to join you know, all male men teams on the board to be that kind of token women just to make the numbers up and you know, then they think that their opinions don't really count. So, um, yeah, that's the stuff that we want to kind of really call out. Yeah, I really appreciate you being so honest about that as well, because I think that diversity alone, it only takes us some part of the way. It's about ensuring that everyone is included. Um, and I love the, the, the quote that, you know, that you've just said, you know, equity being that everyone can contribute to the playlist and, and inclusion that everyone is invited to dance. And I think that that's so... That's, that's so poignant because there are so many businesses and so many individuals that know that this is the right thing to do, but they stop at the, the aim of diversity. Well, let's just get you know, different people in the room rather than let's encourage them all to work together and listen to one another yeah. and celebrate one another. So it's really important that you shared that. Um, another question then that I'd love to ask you is around your call to action to the entire industry for what everyone should be doing more of to really generate the the positive change that needs to happen for inclusion? Absolutely. Great question. So in my view, I mean, we've unfortunately created this kind of world in which people feel uncomfortable being themselves, um, which is such a shame. And, you know, if I'm honest, like I said at the start, you know, this is how, you know, this is very much how I felt um, in the early days of my career. I didn't feel like I could kind of be myself. I had to try and be, you know, what, what everyone kind of wanted me to be sort of thing. And I think it's a responsibility of everyone to create this new normal. So, you know, when you see that happening in your personal professional life, then like I say, just call it out. You know, what would you advise other women in reg tech, you know, those that you're level but also thinking back you know based on your own experience you know if you had that time again you know what might you do differently based on you know what you know now or what you've learned and I think it's important to kind of pass that you know experience and a message on to others so you know from encouraging you know young women passing that knowledge on to young women in the reg tech industry but through to supporting women move up the career ladder because I think that's kind of equally important that we you know we encourage women to take on more senior and and c-level roles and you know it's a bit of an old saying isn't it about smashing the glass ceiling but I think you know it's still really important we're you know we're not we're not there yet and we've got this huge opportunity, I think, you know, for some amazing women within our industry, within reg tech, to be role models, role models, both for young women, like I say, encouraging them, but also for, for, for women looking to kind of move, move up the ladder as well. 
Absolutely. And I think, I think you're so right. It's, um, it's all about building that, um, that authentic talent pipelining, really, um, and giving back to the next generations, because there are so many stories of women within the industry that fell into the industry, they didn't realise it was an industry that they wanted. You know, you yourself starting in within IT and having to get out of it. Um, I think it's really, really interesting, like the potential of what we can do, if we are really opening up people's eyes to what the opportunities are here so this is this is very much part of it you talking on this pod and it's been brilliant to hear more about what you've been doing and especially great to hear how more people can get involved so everyone listening i urge you to reach out to lucy um after listening to this podcast and i will make sure that i post and ensure that there's an easy link so you can follow exactly what she's doing for red tech women so thank you everybody for listening to the women of fintech podcast series thank you very much